Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I have not said those words for two whole weeks because I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined, returning... From the cupboard, held captive for 14 days. It's Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Can you imagine how confusing that would be to someone who doesn't watch the YouTube channel and only listens to the podcast? You're, you mean a pod swafter? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping it wouldn't be too confusing because we did... If they if they were a true pod swafter and they listened to all the episodes, then I did air my suspicion suspicions that the person who said they were you were not you. Mm. Um, a, a lot of people believed it was you genuinely. I did. I actually had a lot of Just messages. You with a cold. I had a lot of messages from people saying like it took me a little while to realise that it was a different person. Mm. Yeah, because I obviously I think if I would have just listened to those recordings, I would have I could I could tell the difference. But he looks so similar to you. And he does sound pretty cool. Yeah. You know, which makes him sound like me. If you want to find out more on this and you are really, really confused, go over to the YouTube channel and watch Real Luke Returns. Hey, I made I made my triumph well, I say my I made my triumph return. I was saved. Uh, after uh, making murmuring sounds for two whole weeks, not going on my holiday as planned. Um, and then eventually Ollie came and saved me. Mm. Uh, and yeah, in the spirit of all great WWE recap packages, we've kind of put that together as best as we possibly could do to tell the story so far. But you were trapped in a closet like R. Kelly mm-hmm. with a midget called Bridget. Yep. Is that how it goes? Something like that. For... For two weeks, but I, yeah, as we were saying yesterday on Wrestle Ramble Extra, which everyone should go over to Patreon and pledge to get access to that when it's finished, uh, you coped with it by imagining yourself as somewhere else. I did, yes. I imagined I had gone on holiday to uh, Dubrovnik with my wife, uh, and you know what? I imagined we had a wonderful time. Yeah, so so tell us about some of the, this imaginary journey. Can't be clearer that this holiday did not happen. Absolutely did not happen. 100% did not happen. All in your head. This is the holodeck of Star Trek. That's what we're thinking right now. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but it was really nice. Whether we, got, we did get um, thunderstorms on the second day. And 
I'll be honest with you. It's like it was beautiful sunshine. It was like twenty nine degrees. It was so so hot there. So lovely. But um, on the second day we got some thunderstorms. Mm. And we were like, oh okay. Well, what we do is we sat out on the balcony and we we're like, let's order some room service. Like let's let's order in some food. Make it hail with currency. Exactly. But I don't think we'd kind of worked our heads around the the sort of the currency at that point. So I, I called down to room service and I was like, you know, can I get two plates of chips? Or so we wanted it was like, let's just get some chips that we can just dip into some mayonnaise and we'll drink some beers up on the balcony and we'll read our books and it'll be lovely. And so really- this isn't this isn't Euros. No, this is in um, uh, Kuna, I believe. Kuna! I believe it's called, which I accidentally kept calling uh, Krona, mm. uh, or um, with, or the, the Swedish currently crowned. But um, so it's Kuna. So, and then it came up, and they, they just give you a bill, and you just like, sign for it, and you just say, like, room, here's my room number, here's my surname, signature, hand it over. It wasn't until the following day that I looked at the bill, and they had charged um, 260 Kuna each for the plates of chips. Now... I'd imagine the people listen to this don't really have a good knowledge of what the exchange rate is between Kuna and uh, pounds. One to one, I'm imagining. Well, not so far. Like, so one Kuna is about twelve p. Okay. So the chips we charge were uh, about thirty quid each. That's insane. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't realise until the following day. I was looking. I was like, this is a lot of money. Like, we spent about £30 each. Just on... the chips, not the beers. Nope, just the chips. And then we realised they had made an error. Ah, good. But, like, it wasn't the cheapest place I've ever been to. I think it's becoming quite touristy now. Well, now that you've been there, certainly sure. Certainly now, yeah. But it was, it is, like, it's so nice. And we discovered when we got there as well that um, it's where they film Game of Thrones. So it's where they do a, a King's Landing, I believe. It's... King's Landing is like the London of Westeros. Okay. It's the capital city. Yes. And it's right on a little bit of the uh, the, the, the sea mouths in on Blackwater Bay. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was at Blackwater Bay. No kidding. Yeah, really? Yeah, with like the, the ports and like, I think they did a, <laughs> a scene there with the one that's not Macy Williams. Um, re- Sophie Turner. Yeah, um, Jean Grey from X-Men. Sophie Turner. And her and someone else. Mm. That was when, so we were at this bar um, but it was called a cop. It was a Liverpool fan bar. Would you add? Would you believe it? And um, uh, and we were sat there. We Not were at- touristy in the slightest. <laughs> no drinks. And actually, there were locals who were running it, but they were just massive Liverpool fans and called it the cop. Anyway, so we were there and we were having our drinks because we were going to go um, kayaking, and it was like where we had to meet. So we were having these drinks there on this little like, uh, you know, just looking out onto this port area, and like three Game of Thrones tours came past us. All and they've got like printouts of like scenes being like, look, you see here, this is where they shot this bit Sounds here. Amazing. And we were sort of like kind of listening in, listening in. And my wife said to me, "Was like, okay, so to give some bit of clarification, if anyone hasn't listened to the old Flickery Myth podcast that we used to do, I'm not that au fait with Game of Thrones. I've watched the first season and I didn't really follow a lot of what was going on. I liked two things in that whole show, and both of them were dead by the time the series ended." My theory, listeners, Podswafters, Swaf Nation is that Luke has already made up his mind that he doesn't want to enjoy Game of Thrones, so when he puts it on and tries to, quote, tries to get into it, he actually unconsciously sabotages this and falls asleep and doesn't pay attention, even though if he gave it a fair old whack, 
I think he'd bloody love it. I only fell asleep if I watched the second episode on the bounce. I couldn't watch two back to back. That's what we discovered. Um, but they were like talking about these things that happened, and uh, my wife said, "Like, well, there might be spoilers here because we are going to like start watching it again because she wants to get back into it." And um, they were talking about stuff, and she was like, "And I was like, yeah, no, I definitely didn't see any of that." And she was like, "You did. It was all in the first season." And I was like, "Really?" Mm. And then she kind of like started telling me about things. I couldn't remember half of the things she was talking about. Absolutely not. That was about two years ago now, though. Yeah, that perhaps. you gave that a, a stab. I gave it a stab. I can't remember much of it, so I think I'm, if I was, to, I'd have to watch like a really good like season one recap before I jumped into to season two. But anyway, they were filmed The Last Jedi as well, and I went, I did my own tour and found out some of the filming locations of uh, The Last Jedi stuff. That bit I was, I was mad into. And they also filmed... What bit of The Last Jedi was filmed? All there? the stuff on uh, Canto Bites and the uh, casino. Oh, Jesus. All the really good stuff in the film. All, all, the, the, all, the, all the really important character bits. All the stuff that actually the sets up the... All super flourish. Super flourish. try that again? It's super flourish. <laughs> <laughs> Not superfluous? Super flourish. Okay, super flourish. All the super flourish stuff. That all was the last that, Jedi's superpower. All of the stuff that's actually really uh, important to the character development that comes at the end of the movie. Yeah, all of that stuff. That's Asinine all. Asinine and on the nose. It, yeah. It's all filmed in, sure. uh, in in Dubrovnik's old town, and um, so we we I did some of that. They also filmed the uh, the new Robin Hoods there. Uh, so it's actually become quite a with big... Jamie Fox. Is he in it? Well, he's Taron Egerton's the only one I could have not. Oh, okay. I think there's two movie adaptations going on. One has Jamie Fox as Robin Hood. Oh, this is the one that had Taron Egerton sure, in it. Sure, okay. And I know this because we... Or is Jamie Foxx the sheriff? I'm a Scooby-Doo, I'll be honest with you, pal. Carry on. I did watch the trailer, but I, don't, I can't tell you much of what happened in it other than Taron Egerton is in it, and I really like Taron Egerton. We went to this place. So I'll, I'll, I may, maybe I'll do a few more. So I've got like a really good story to tell in the second part of this, but we'll jump into the show, uh, we'll jump into the show shortly. We went to this place that we found by accident. We found it while looking for the kayaking called love stories museum it was just like out of the way it's outside of the old town and you kind of like you go down a couple of streets and you find it and we saw the sound like huh love stories museum i wonder what like i wonder what that could be and we sort of like we were sort of having some drinks and we didn't really think much of that and then when we got back to the the hotel i was like let's just have a google see what that is and i instantly was like bet you it's a sex museum bet you hands down it's a sex museum and there's just lots of like vibrators everywhere that's that's my instant go-to and we had to Google a bit. That is not what it is at all. It is a museum that celebrates romance and love stories from Dubrovnik and from Croatia. And then they've also got Game of Thrones and Star Wars stuff in there as well. And I was like, I think we should do this. So we did. We went to this place called the Love Stories Museum. And it was really, really nice. They have all these like romantic stories about uh, Dubrovnik and, and Croatia and sort of the romance and stuff. And then you go up and then there's just like... This bit I felt was a little bit tangential. Tangential, that's a tough word Super to say. Super flourish. Super flourish. Because they had like the, the the Star Wars stuff. They were like, Last Jedi was filmed here. Han Solo and Leia are one of the great on-screen couples. You're like, okay, I, well, I can see how you sort of connected these two bits. And then it was like, Game of Thrones is filmed here. Game of Thrones has love stories in it. Like, one of the best incest love stories of all time. And you're like, cool, I can sort of, yeah, I can kind of see where you're going here. Maid, Marian, Robin Hood, yeah, I can sort of see that. But then they had this really, really nice bit, which is when people have sent the museum their own personal love stories with an item that goes along with that story. And it's kind of laid out this little museum. It was really, really sweet. And I, I've, I've got to say, if if you are in Dubrovnik, if you're heading to Dubrovnik, seek it out. It's really, really nice. You'll only be there for like an hour or so. 
but it is a really nice hour so that sounds lovely uh i already know about this really yes how because of you oh, because <laughs> because yeah i was woken up one morning <laughs> yeah. by my lady partner <laughs> yeah Saying, look where Luke and Kate have been. They've been to a love story. Ah, isn't that so nice and sweet? (laughs) Ah, Luke and Kate are always posting stuff about how in love they are and their relationship. And I'm kind of a strict, no personal stuff on social media guy. Yeah. And uh, but like, people don't know that we love each other so much. I don't care that people don't know that we love each other. I want you to know I love you. Uh, so yes, I've had all this, <laughs> uh, you know, and like I have to say, I don't. I, we can go, but I'm not posting anything. And it was like I, it was like I punched a puppy in front of her. <laughs> she looks so sad. But if you go when you go up to the top floor, they've got this little like poster board where you can put up a little like love heart thing, and you can put your names. Saw up. the picture. Yep. And, and uh, so if you are in Dubrovnik, my myself and my wife are there, and you can look out for us. But it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. But should we, what was t- your story? What did you write? Well, no, because you got an email about to them. So we, okay. ha- we haven't done that. It's just like you just put a little and you put your names on there, like when you're in Dubrovnik. And it's, you know, it's just, it's for love, man. It's for lovers. Me and you should go there. Yeah, what, what we totally. Put? Sting action figure. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. We're going to kick off today's Raw review with the tag division. The state of the WWE Raw tag division. The so-called tag division. Yeah, you can skip to other talking points using the links in the video description below, the timestampy bits. But yes, uh, the Authors of Pain were called up the night after WrestleMania. Yes. Or was it the Superstar No, they were one of the the NXT call-ups after WrestleMania. Okay, they came up early. And then they had... The first thing they did was drop Paul Ellerin, their manager, in a kind of just way that makes you ask why even bring Paul Ellerin up with them. And then they've just fizzled out. They had a few squash matches and they haven't been on TV for weeks. No, well, you and I went to the Raw show when they came over in May, and uh, we didn't see main events. We weren't there for that part of it because we were caught in traffic because you thought it would be a good idea to drive to the O2 rather than take public transport, which was my suggestion. Sticking by that. (laughs) And we were told by some friends of ours and people that we'd met at the arena there that Authors of Pain were on main events, and you and I quite jokingly was like, huh, well, that's the end of them then, I guess. They've already been demoted down to main events ha <laughs> lol but actually that now appears to be almost uh, the the case because they haven't been on tv since yes it's it's quite depressing this could be okay like the optimists in us they could uh, be holding back on the authors of pain until they've got something really meaty for them because you've got the, the tag division as it is at the moment you've got bray wyatt and woken matt hardy as the champions you've got the dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre team bubbling away. I think they're going to be a a big player later on. And then you've got the B-team comedy stuff. And that's about it. The rest of the tag team division is is at the exact same level. Mm. Uh, Including the revival. Mm. One of the bigger open goals of booking, but you've managed to flatten them out too. So maybe WWE are thinking, hey, Authors of Pain are so great. Let's just hold off on them on the the show that everyone watches because no one really does for main events and then they'll will have the, they'll kind of re-debut when 
we've got a storyline and the other more pressing things of the B team are over and done with. Yeah, I mean, why can you just book them into a, a mini feud, essentially? Because if the plan is to kind of like, you know, we don't want to put them straight into a tag team championship picture, which I, I fully appreciate. And I think that's a really good thing because, I mean, look at the backlash that Ronda has had from some circles of being pushed straight into a championship picture without, quote unquote, deserving it. So actually, I think it's fine for them not to push them straight into a tag team championship picture. But like, put them into a feud with Breezango. Like, put them in a feud with Heath Slater and Rhino. Like, it doesn't have to be a massive blood feud, but at least something for them to do. So you just keep that plate spinning rather than they've essentially just want to take that plate off for a minute. Mm. The pole's still there, but we'll just take the plate off and just put it back into the cupboard. Throw and it down like a Greek wedding. Well, no, because that would break it. So they just put it back into a cupboard. Good point. And then they want to just like, well, okay, well, now let's just dust off that uh, plate again and we'll start it spinning. Where, like, and that's kind of what the problem with the tag team division is, is, and it's the same with, you know, the women's division last year. You're only allowed one feud at any one time. So there aren't really sort of feuds going on at the moment. Um, unless you're about to mention the uh, the possible American Alpha re-debut. No, that's that's a possibility. I kind of actually forgotten that <clears throat> that could happen. No, I was going to more say that there's the the it's it's mean to say the quality of the teams isn't there. No, it's, it's not. It's more not. that because you know, like Fandango's an excellent wrestler. Yep. The Revival are excellent. Breeze, uh, Tyler Breeze is great. The the Ascension were fun in NXT. It's all about how these teams are booked. Yes, and just how all these teams have been presented gives me no faith. Or I don't want to see them in feuds. That Raw has a very weak tag division. You've got the the tag tight. Both your top two teams, Mac and Dolph and the Leader of Worlds, are single stars who have been put together. All the actual proper tag teams have been flattened out into comedy fodder. You've got Titus Worldwide. They're a joke. They're a literal joke. Breezango are a comedy act. Heath Slater and Rhino have always been a comedy odd couple. And then you've got the B team. They're also a comedy joke act. And and then you've got the revival. So you've got a lot of teams there, but yeah, none that you can really sink your teeth into. And it's not like they don't have enough hours to like fill TV time with. And actually, I think it'd be something that Raw could really benefit from in having these sort of multiple feuds going on. So like you could have, if you say you, for example, if the Authors of Pain were into a feud with Breezango, you could do that on one week. You don't have to do it on the next week because you've got another feud that you can display, uh, you know, you can show off here that you didn't show off the week previous. It keeps the show a little bit fresh. It's one of the benefits of NXT. NXT doesn't have the same people on every single week. And there's enough hours that they've got where we don't have to see the same lads and lasses on screen all the time. And it and it's just a real shame because you had you could have had something in Authors of Pain, but now like if you are going to just re-debut them, so to speak, I'm not like there's nothing exciting about that because as a you know if you hadn't watched NXT, why should you be excited? Because what did you see them do since they came up? Yeah, and you only get one chance for a first impression. Yeah, and theirs was an okay first impression that then petered out. So why should we care when they come back? Exactly. Uh, maybe, I mean, the other thing, apart from WWE tucking them away while they find something more substantial for them to do, is maybe they just kind of lost faith and thought, oh, actually, you are quite... Not not green in the ring, but you're not as polished as the other performers we have. Then why bring them up? Exactly! <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so, like, why wouldn't you put them down into NXT? I don't know what they're doing with Authors of Pain. But the let, let's talk about this tag team segment that well, we had I, on Raw. I was going to say, do you want to talk about the promo first? So, 
Bray Wyatt and Woken Matt Hardy have a promo before the Battle Royal with all the other tag teams to crown the new number one contenders, or the only number one contenders so far. They haven't had a feud since winning the belts. No. And Bray was there doing his usual Bray stuff, and he'd, he'd do quite an annoying laugh after each line. And there was a really annoying bit where he said, you know, the people who come after us aren't just facing me and Woken Matt. They're also facing the oh, Fireflies. And the Woken Warriors. Oh. <laughs> What a what an obnoxious, horrible thing to say. Like, it's just such WWE speak. We're not doing this for us. We're doing it for the WWE universe. Why but well, it, now you're no longer cool. Why did it work when The Rock did it? Because The Rock has so much charisma. <laughs> is that what it is? He can make that kind of stuff more effective. Yeah. But this is... I was watching Bray Wyatt do this, and then Matt Hardy had his... He was just going through the motions of hitting those... Uh, Matt Hardy spots. He was cut off of saying Senor Benjamin at the end. Yeah, I don't think that was on, like, it wasn't a case of, like, oh, don't mention them. I yeah, think it no, was, yeah, it was just a little tea, or like a bit of fan service. Mm. So Renee Young was there doing the interview with them. She asked one question, I think, and then just stood there. I thought she disappeared at one point mm. because they weren't showing her on, on camera. Uh, question, Thanos style. <laughs> question to you, because obviously I've been away for a couple of weeks in a cupboard. Um, but uh, Michael Cole, when, before I left, before I was trapped, uh, the, Michael Cole was like, oh, I, I get this gimmick now. Yeah. But on this show, he's kind of reverted back to being like, oh, they're all trolling me on Twitter and I don't get this and they're all geeks and everything. So, like, has he gone back? Was there a shift? Was there something that changed his mind or has he, has he just changed his mind? I'm go- I'm, it's, it was never enough of a onside with the deleter of worlds okay for you to worry about okay, i just think enough. it's uh yeah I, I don't even care about that and i d- like and what i was going to say was watching this bray white promo and the matt hardy promo i don't care about them and that is just really criminal that wwe have done that because for years back when matt hardy and the the broken character was in tna or impact or whatever it was called i think it might have been gfw for a hot second like we all fantasy booked the wyatt family and the hardys these mega feuds and you know at the end of that they'd come together to create this super team and then nothing well again it's like the authors of pain they haven't been booked into a tag team feud like they won the belts and have done nothing with them since so Again, it's, it, it, it brings you around. Why should I care about them? Because I've been given zero reason to care about them. They haven't done anything. And, that's a, and that is a real shame. Mm. And I think this was their first in-ring promo. Yeah, they've done like their spooky promos backstage. Yeah. But not in-ring. I mean, not that that really makes a difference. But yeah, there's there's been nothing to properly get over their characters. They're not cool. Their finisher sucked for quite a while. And now is just a two guys holding a guy it works so much better this way it does it does but they had a low bar they set the low bar (laughs) and they've stepped over it quite comfortably and tripped over it but it's not just so so there's the authors of pain thing there's the the weak not weak tag team champions but just tag team champions that i don't care for and which is a shame because we were very much into their separate characters or what they could be together. The potential's huge. It's really excited to see them together. Yeah, and then you've got this tag team battle royal to crown the new number one contenders. You've got all the, the jobbers in there. Titus Worldwide, 
Heath Slater and Rhino. Prezango. Prezango, Ascension. Ascension. I forgot the Ascension for a thing. The Revival. And I, I didn't think... Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler were going to be in this match. I thought this was just the comedy thing off the back of the barbecue stupid segment the previous week that B-Team could beat all those other teams. Yes. I mean, again, I haven't seen that segment, but I did hear you talk about it through the walls, mm. that they had this barbecue segment, which felt like a comedy throwaway thing. To, and then when they did the graphic and it showed that Mac and Dolph were in there, I was like, oh, okay. I genuinely didn't think they'd be in there. And Michael Cole... When they made their entrance, essentially said, well, these guys are the favourites to win. They're like the greatest team we have in WWE. These guys are guaranteed to win this Battle Royal. And they were out first. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is really, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. This isn't like terrible, terrible booking because... So what happened was Dolph Ziggler was eliminated first. He was doing a lot of Shawn Michaels hanging off the side of the, the ring for a for the few minutes he was in there, and then he was kicked off. And then Drew McIntyre, out of anger, destroyed a load of people. Drew looked great. Yeah, it did. Like, that, that's what the most important thing is. But, like, why do it? Why even do this? Why put them in this battle royal when you can have them out of it and then they could have more fuel to their fire of... WWE kind of being against them or that everyone else has got it easy and they're here to to show a new way of doing things and then you've that you've got more storyline reason for their anger yeah I completely agree. I thought it was ridiculous putting them in there if they were going to be thrown out first my thought was that Chad was going to cause interference because they like had matches with <coughs> they've had singles matches with Chad Gable over the last couple of weeks um presumably for a Jason Jordan return American Alpha reunion that's you know it's just speculation on on you know not my part I think a lot of people have thought the same thing that you know if you're going to be if you're doing that feud then why not have Chad cause some Chad causes a distraction Chad does something Chad eliminates them from the rumble the battle royal Chad does something with it as opposed to I mean I can't even tell you who they were eliminated by I think it was Breezango but then you're like, oh, cool. So you got eliminated by Breezango. Like, what does that do for them as a team? And if anything, it makes them look like a bunch of chumps. Yeah. Because, like, Michael Cole, again, is sitting there going, like, these guys are the best team in WWE. They're the odds-on favorite to win this. They're unstoppable. They're out first. So, cool. So Michael Cole looks like an idiot because he said these guys are the best and they went out first. And they just look like a bunch of jabronis because they were thrown out first by comedy jobbers. And they haven't been building up that Dolph is the weaker of the two and he's holding Drew back and Drew's no, getting annoyed with him because then that would this would make sense. And if they start to tell that story after this, then why make them a team in the first place because they've only been around for a month and a half. Also, they walked out together. So if you are going to tell that story off the back of this, why did Drew walk out walk out with him like, hey, it's all right, pal, we'll get him next time. Yeah, they're even hitting their finishers together. Yeah. Which, they do have cool joint moves. So sets. cool. Uh, so the rest of this match was just... Ascension and Breezango well, eliminated. Revi Revival eliminated most of the teams. And mm. I thought, like Corey said, it goes, maybe this is the break that Revival need. This is what they need is to be able to kind of kickstart their, their career up on Raw, you know, re reignite their career on Raw. And I was like, maybe they are going to have the Revival win. But obviously, Idiot here should have known that based off the, uh, the, the, the barbecue the week previous and their current, their undefeated streak, 
that the B team were the likely team to, to win this. And then, the yeah, so like the Revival eliminated like Titus, they eliminated Ascension, they eliminated Breezang, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then they just got tossed out by uh, Rhino, and then came down to the B team, and Heath and Rhino essentially eliminated each other by accident, uh, and the B team won. And you've got a note written down, which I, I did spy, and it's just, you know, I've not seen you for a couple of weeks. I, you know, I've been hearing the things that you've been saying, but this... This is not one I predicted. Really? So when the B team kind of first debuted their new look and team name... We were there. We were there. We were there in London for the, the Raw taping. And it was it was really fun. The crowd were really into them. We all chanted the A-team theme tune. And it was funny stuff. And then the next week it was fun. You know, it was funny. But I just... I don't know when it happened. It was probably the barbecue segment last week, which was a real slog to sit through and kind of intellectually insulting as a viewer uh, and, you know, just an adult. <laughs> and now now here and the, with the stuff with Mac and Dolph and the, the, the rubbish tag team champions, I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. And they were doing all their celebratory stuff. And I know they're meant to be heels, so that's meant to annoy me. But it wasn't a good kind of annoying it was the old x-pack heat of no i just don't want to see you mm. yeah I, the b team versus the deleter of worlds is not a match i'm looking forward to at great at greatest royal rumble at money in the bank it's going to be comedy it's just going to be a comedy throwaway match and usually i would like that but these aren't they're not like great comedic wrestlers i think as well because there's 10 matches on that card uh, for Money in the Bank at the moment. There could be more announced come SmackDown or come Raw and SmackDown next week. There are currently 10 matches on that card. So that's a stacked old card. And I just look at that and be like, it's one I could have done without. Mm. I could have just left that off the card, to be honest. But having said that, I want the Deleter of Worlds to be in a, in a proper feud. An actual feud, not just comedy nonsense. And I want them to be cooler as well. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> it's a raw review looking jacked, man. Who wants to walk with Elias? Oh, me. Do I you do. Want to wa- I... I want to walk with Elias oh, too. What does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. But Luke, there is a problem. Oh, yeah? Elias doesn't like your hometown. <laughs> he does not. Do you know what he doesn't like about your hometown? It's sports team. The sports team? He also thinks my home team's, my hometown smells. Uh, yeah, he often does think that. And the people who are in there also smell. Yes. Mm. Uh, great stuff. So Elias opened this up. It was in Houston, Texas. And he did. He went straight for the the Houston sports team. The Houston Rockets. I think they're called. Yep, I, I've just written your local sports team. Yes, so they um, play the bouncy ball game. <laughs> oh, is that what they yeah, do? Yeah, the bouncy ball. Not the not the egg one. The one that uh, Space Jam has. <laughs> the one that Bugs Bunny saves the universe in. Yeah, well, see, I'm only really familiar with the one where Adam Sandler gets out of prison. The sure with, with, with the other wrestlers. Yeah, with yeah, Goldberg yeah. and Kevin Nash the, and the, Steve Austin. The spearing one. Yeah, the spearing one. The, the spear one, yeah. contest. <laughs> yeah, who can spear the other side the most? One. And um, with the egg. And uh, MVP, the one where um, uh, the, the 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 monkey plays the one with the bat, uh, and you swing at things. And there was also that one where the little kid broke MVP's his. MVP's in a movie. Not that MVP. The film's called MVP. Oh, right. Most Valuable Primate. Sure. And there's also the one where the little kid breaks his arm and it sends him into a really good thrower of the ball at the bat. And um, he's wicked at it for a little bit, but then well, his arm gets healed. I know what that sport is. Yeah. It's rounders. <laughs> uh, so Elias insults the home team. He does this. Re- it's so good. And he says he's got a song for Seth Rollins because last week he, Elias, I, I guess I'm filling this in for you, although Raw did this. How was it? Not watching Raw for two weeks because you were locked up. Oh. And then these these replays must have actually been helpful. I've got to be honest. It felt like I missed nothing. Yes. And I and I mean, no spoilers for the rest of this show. I probably could have missed this one as well and still felt like I'd missed nothing. Just go and do something else right now. You don't <laughs> have to watch the rest of this show. That's the spoiler. Not much else happened. Go and learn a language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Learn Three Japanese. hours of Raw, an hour of watching us. There's four, four hours. hours a week. Four hours a week. You could do so much in four hours. That's forty-five minutes a day in the weekdays. You'll be you'll be fluent in Mandarin in no time. Could you imagine if you were like writing a, a novel or so? You were writing your novel. It's a novel you've always been wanting to write, but you're like, ah. Oh, but you know what? I lose four hours a week in watching Raw and the Wrestle Ramble. But if you drop that, that's four hours free. That's or still still watch the Wrestle Ramble actually. But maybe do it on double speed. Just have it on in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's quite nice to write to. Whereas Michael Cole's voice isn't. So, yeah, Seth Rollins uh, was taken out the previous week by Elias's guitar shots. And that's what Elias had sung a song about here. Uh, and they're fighting at Money in the Bank. That was a match that was made on social media. One of my pet peeves. Yes, he said that he's going to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, and then, so Seth comes down and Seth grabs a chair. Because Elias is in the uh, the ring with his guitar, 
swinging it like the the rounders one and he grabs a chair and he slides in and he knocks the guitar out of his out cool. of his hand it was cool actually yeah it was uh, it was cooler than when who did it later on in the show when they slid in with a chair was it rollins again Yes, it was Rollins again because he got DDT'd onto it. Yes. Yes, yeah, so it was it was cool. He did it better the first time when he slid into the ring with a chair. Um and then they, they square off and then Jinder comes out of nowhere and starts attacking him. And already I could go already I went, I can see where this is going. You got the Pavlovian <laughs> Big Dog Oh, here comes the big dog in oh, your ears. Although he did get a good reaction this week. I mean, that's bizarro land, right? <laughs> that is bizarro. When Roman land. gets a positive <laughs> reaction, he was cheered a like, bit. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I wrote giant ovation for for Roman. And, yeah, but it was like steady on. Sorry, I, I did delete it. You can see there. Yes. I just got he got a good reaction. You know, go back and change your notes. Um, and then he. Uh, it, Roman fights off all three men, if you include Sunil Singh. Uh, they stand tall. Angle comes out, made sure to have some floppy wrists before announcing that we've got a tag team match player. But he did it a lot quicker than the pre... Last week, He, you know, there was this big brawl going on, and then he came out did a full like three minutes of floppy wrists. Oh, by the way, this is serious. <laughs> but here it was like, it was a very quick floppy wrists, like only three of them. Tag team match players, mm-hmm. so that he did better this Maybe week. Maybe he's not. When we think he's doing floppy wrist, he's not. He's counting the amount of people around the ring because he's like one, two, three, four, four, four tag team. Yes, that's that must be it. Uh, and uh, the so so this this was kind of good, I thought, when because usually when heels attack the baby faces, it's just for not much reason. But the previous week, Seth Rollins had ended his match with Jinder Mahal in a DQ by attacking Jinder with a chair. Mm. So I thought that made sense. Cool. That was nice making sense. I like that. Uh, The match... And I like Seth. The ensuing match... Mm -hmm. uh, Well, actually, there's someone different on commentary. (laughs) There is. A wild David Otunga appeared. Yeah, he's still employed. Yeah, because I guess that Booker T wasn't available. um, And... Um, who is it? Coachman. Coachman was on assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so David filled in. David Otunga, the uh, the pre-show zone. David so, Otunga. So they're just going through their sort of ethnicity list of people. Uh, no, with your Booker T's busy. Yeah. And, uh, Coach Byron Saxton's out. already on the He's other on the show. The show. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, Percy's in Florida. Mm. Oh well. Guess guess David's our last option. So he added nothing. <laughs> I thought <laughs> he was on commentary. Why not make it a two-man booth? Oh God. Two-man booth. I dream for the days. Uh, this match, though, this tag match, was fun. It yeah, was I've had standard tag action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was fine. You know, Roman got the hot tag first and ran wild, and then he goes for the drive by. But Sunil Singh pulled uh, Jinder off the apron, and then Elias hit him with a the high knee, and then that set up the them working over Roman to get the Seth hot tag, which was good. Which was it's great always because good. Seth just comes out like he's shot out of a cannon because he is awesome. He's just so good. It's pretty hot right now. He's pretty hot right now, and he did a dive that was so forceful. I would say it was more on the barricade than it was on Jinder. That barricade is not making it to the next TV taping. No, it was it was Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal, Elias, and the barricade. <laughs> um, uh, so Seth did his dive on Jinder, uh, and then Sunil threatened to hit him with a chair, um, but then Seth grabbed the chair off him and then slid into the ring, letting go of it, and uh, Elias DDT'd him onto the chair right in front of the referee... Um, and there was uh, no DQ out of that. Yeah. 
I mean, sometimes referees are very lax with stuff like this, like... Like a tag match that comes later in the show. Yeah, because there was no... I guess Elias didn't swing. Seth brought it in. It's a very liberal interpretation <laughs> of the rules. Uh, so, Great looking DDT, though. Yeah, I thought it was a good finish. I like this finish. It's just a shame that every other match then had a DQ finish on top of that. Talk to each other, agents. Let's not make the entire show the same. Or just have the referee distracted. Because mm. the referee then picked up the chair and put it out the ring. So he knew it was there. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, that made Elias pick up the victory over his Money in the Bank opponent. Uh, Michael Cole in this match said Seth Rollins' finisher, also known as The Stomp. He certainly did. So that's what it's called now. Not The Blackout, not The Curb Stomp. It's back to being The Stomp. Just The Stomp. How can you get excited about a move called the stomp? I don't know. I mean, we were excited about it like, when it was originally called the stomp before I, he changed it and then started using the pedigree. I was excited about the move, but I never... It was always the curb stomp in my head. Oh, I forgot it was called the curb stomp. I yeah. always thought it was called the stomp, I'll be honest with you. Yes, yeah, so uh, that. Bruce Pritchard and Comrade were in the crowd uh, as of I, something to wrestle with fame. As I've written here, just so you know who to go for for unbiased opinions. And then we had Kurt Hawkins with a big table of tacos. He did. He had all the tacos mm. available in Texas, I believe. Yeah, and this was because he was on 199 consecutive losses. But tonight is the night he is going to break that and he's finally going to have a victory on his 200th one. And to, to help him do this, he's got local enhancement wrestler James Harding or Harden who's a, a play on a local sports team as well. Cool. Sports. Sports. And uh, they're, they're like, they're having a match. And I was like, okay, I'm curious to see where this is going. This is quite I fun. I generally thought Kurt Hawkins was going to win. Yeah. And they're just going to go, lol, we didn't want to get to 200, I guess. And then Baron Corbin's music hit. And at first I'm like, okay, well, he hasn't really lit the world on fire recently, all the No Way Jose stuff and Bobby Roode stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I like Baron, I'm a Baron Corbin apologist, but I haven't, he hasn't been really great recently. Uh, and then he comes out and I think it's going to be more of the same. And he just walks in there, hits the end of days, I think, on the jobber, which means the jobber wins via DQ. Kurt did get 200 consecutive losses. Kurt's face when he realised what had happened. Oh, it was great. Really it was good. So funny. And then uh, Corbin put Hawkins into the tackers. Into the tackers, bargard. But then, so I was like, that was fun. But then Baron Corbin goes up to Kurt Angle backstage afterwards and Kurt's like, what the hell was that all about? And Baron Corbin reveals that Stephanie McMahon has made him the constable. <laughs> yep, that's the word they're using. The constable because it's of something Monday to do with, Night like, Raw. Something to do with bills and taxes or something like that they kept saying. It's like, they need to check up on bills and taxes, so I'm here as the constable of Monday night. Not like Sheriff, not like Sheriff Steve Austin, not nothing like a cool sounding one. No, Constable. Constable Corbin. <laughs> sounds right. like it's it's a word that's first syllable sounds naughty. Well, I mean that it is a a, a joke. Uh what do you call I mean I'm not sure if I should this on, on such a Just don't say the punchline, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, well, no, because even the, the, the setup's a bit rude. Oh, wait, I'll, I'll tell you off mic. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, but I did think like this. So 
make this is a, a you know an interesting use of, of old Bazza Corbs. We're now moving him into a talking role. Mm. Problem with that is like talking's not really his strong suit. But I'm, being a dick is. Being a dick is a talk. But the thing is though, he wasn't a dick. Later on in the night, he was completely right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I am just so Corbin's whole thing is Stephanie McMahon's put me in place to keep an eye on you, Kurt. But why him? Why wasn't it Kevin Owens? Because haven't they been building up a relationship between her and Kevin? Not in that way, but like you know, a friendship thing. Not really a friendship because she doesn't want him mm. touched now. But like, isn't they? Aren't they in like a, a a faction together? Yeah, but you know, Corbin wasn't doing much. <laughs> So sometimes you just do stuff, don't you? I guess so. Sometimes no, you just do stuff. I, I totally agree with where you're coming from. I enjoyed the heckins out of Corbs on this show. If he's in a suit next week, it'll be even better. No, 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 no. He has to be in a, a in PC, his wrestling gear. No, no, in a, in a police constable <laughs> right. from from the UK. He has to like an old British Bobby or just like a, an old police officer kind of thing. Mm. He needs to embrace this. Not a suit. I don't want to see another heel wrestler in a suit. No, maybe not. No. You're right. Uh, so that's that's sort of set up the, the narrative thread for the night. Next up, we had Nia Jax, who's a baby face this week. Yeah, I heard she turned heel. Mm. So she was kind of a heel last week. Kind of. She was a full-on heel last week. <laughs> uh, but she never had the heel turn, so it could have just been a baby face acting heelish. Okay. Um, oh, but I mean, it, it just—it's it, not consistent. It's if that's what they're doing, it's—it's it's badly told. I assumed that she was a baby face because when she came out, Rousey was just smiling at her because mm. Ronda Rousey was out doing commentary and she was just having this big beaming smile on her face, like, "Oh, it's Nia. I know her. She's really nice." Doing commentary. Well, well yeah. I mean, I've written here that she was not great on commentary, and she no. made so. <laughs> so Corey said to her on two separate occasions, "Nia has cherry picked you." to be her opponent and Rousey had the exact same response on both times which was only my husband calls me ripe for the picking oh no that was it he said that Naya thought she you were ripe for the picking she's like no only my husband calls me ripe for the picking and I was like that's a cute joke the first time and then she said it again and it almost felt like people hadn't laughed at it the first mm. time so she was like well okay they didn't hear me so if I say it again I should get the same re- I should get the right reaction I'll say it again just a little louder <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was not good for Rousey. It was inconsistent for Jax. And then she Jax had a match against Natalia, who's, of course, Ronda's bestie. And it was boring. Yeah. It was... It went, like, it went like eight minutes. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. I know. And the, it sort of ended where Natalia did a run over a seated Nia Jax. And then she get, does a few steps... Bounces off the ropes, and that's where she supposedly tweaks her knee. Nia Jax stands up, sees Natalia just standing there, hits the Simone Job for the finish, and wins. The Simone Job, a known to be devastating move to one's knee. Mm. So Natalia is kind of rocking back and forth, nursing her knee, and Nia Jax is like, oh no, what have I done? Even though you, you're freaking wrestling a match, that's what you've done. And Ronda Rousey comes down and is like, oh my god, you've hurt my best friend. Just just back off, Nia, just back off. It's like, she's concerned as well. It was I was I didn't buy into anything no, of this. Absolutely. And not. it was all really awkwardly done. Uh I, I really, really didn't like this. And I just don't see why you need to complicate and add these layers to Rousey's feuds. Because she works best in a kind of Brock Lesnar way, where it's just two people who want to fight. 
Yeah, I, well, I completely agree. I, I thought this was, yeah, quite bad. Only because as well, like, it made no sense for Rousey, because, like, Nia's like, oh, is she all right? She's like, back off, will you? I was like, well, she's only checking. She's only asking. She's yeah. not doing it. It's not like she's hitting her with a chair, and then you're asking her to back off. Um, then we got uh, a Bobby Roode interview. Well, actually, we got a promo saying that we were, we? tonight we were getting Finn <laughs> Balor versus Kevin Owens, quote, for the first time ever in WWE. Guess NXT doesn't count. Mm. Yeah, quite quite the rivalry. <laughs> yeah, well, Finn Balor won his NXT championship yes. from Kevin Owens. Uh, but we got on the a, Bobby Roode. On a WWE show, no less, because that was Beast in the East. Of course, yeah. Uh, Bobby Roode had an interview with Renee Young. So Renee Young got to ask another question. And good grief, <laughs> Bobby Roode is uh, not over in the good way. Just like sort of over and just... Do something else, mate. It's yeah, it's quite bad. I, I, he showed a couple of heelish tendencies in the in his match a little bit, and I was like, "Ha mm. we're getting somewhere." But man, I forgot about this promo. Yeah, so he says, "I'm I'm really excited about Money in the Bank." Uh, initially, he feigns being worried, but then he goes, "No, I'm really excited," and then he says, "It's gonna be," and does the whole hand thing, glorious and. No one in the arena said that word with him. No. Open goal, WWE. It's such a good piece of entrance music. Everyone should be waiting every week as soon as Raw starts for Bobby Roode to say the word glorious. And no one cares. Yes. And then this turned into Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode, uh, which I... Right, so you've got something to say about this. I just don't know what's happening here. (laughs) So, I've missed this. Rude goes for Braun's ankle early. Smart strategy. Take out the base of the big guy. And then Braun hits a lovely double underhook suplex. Mm. That was tasty. I like that. Love a suplex. And then, like, Braun, Braun's sent into the ring post because that's the only way you can get rid of Braun. That is his kryptonite. Move out the way when he's running. Oh, yeah. So Bobby thinks, wait, if he's running, his trajectory throws him into stuff. I know. So he goes outside and he gets a ladder and he sets up the ladder on the ring apron and the barricade. So it's suspended horizontally on the outside of the ring and he baits Strowman out of the ring and starts to run away. So Strowman does that chasing charge thing that he's been doing to Kevin Owens for the last two years. And Rude slides under the ladder. And I guess, I guess his intention here was for Braun Strowman to then run into the ladder. That's what I thought, Wiley Coyote style. But Braun stops. So this is the point where Rude should then stand up, turn round, see his plan didn't work, and then go, oh no, Braun's going to kill me now. Hold up a sign that says, oh no. But that isn't what happened. Rude got up and started laughing about how clever he is. Ha ha, you can't get me now because there's a ladder in front of us that can easily be picked up and moved. Yep, but Braun didn't need to pick it up and move it, though, did he? Because Braun smash, he just, he clobbered his hands down and broke the ladder in half. Which was awesome. Yeah. And that was so awesome that no one's paying attention to how ridiculous the setup was. I I agree with you, man. I said, like... you asked me what I thought happened. And I said basically what I said, like what you just said then. I thought it was like Wiley Coyote, he was setting it up so the Braun would run into it. And you said, like, cool, well what was the bit afterwards then? I was like, Well, I guess if I was to put if I was to put WWE logic on this, 
Rude changed his plan and was like, ah, actually my plan all along was to stop you from getting to me. Because he even did like the, uh, you know, put his thumb up on his nose to be like, you can't get me, mate. Mm. I mean, this was all just set up so the brawn could smash a ladder. Like, yes. there's, there's, all this convoluted nonsense was just so they could do a scene where Braun smashes a ladder with his bare hands. And everyone's like, oh, no. But th- that that's awesome. That totally works. But don't have... Just have Bobby look scared when he realises his plan hasn't worked, rather than, this was my plan all along. There's no possible way you can get to me now, Strowman. I'm going to win this match. I'll be honest with you, it did work, though, because I've written here, Braun smashed yeah. the ladder, this is so great, because I forgot all the other stuff beforehand. Yes. It made me think, fi- you know, it worked on me. Although there was a moment later on in the show when um, the, the commentators were talking about who they think is going to win Money in the Bank, and Cole asked Corey, he says, who do you think is going to win? And he goes... Samoa Joe on SmackDown. He's definitely going to win. And Cole, clearly, you know, with Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon, is they going like, no, you say a Raw guy. was like, he was like, it's got to be Braun. It's got to be Braun. And David Tung was like, yeah, I don't see how you could think it's anyone but Braun. And Cole's like, I mean, he smashed the ladder with his bare hands. And Corey, like the little miniature Bobby Heenan that he can sometimes be, but not all the time, was like, you have to climb a ladder, not smash them. Makes sense. Genius. That's logic. Anyway, Braun chased Bobby after this, after smashing the ladder, threw him into a barricade, power slam for the win. Yeah. Rude needs to change fast. Yeah. We got a Kevin Owens interview that was pretty good, I thought, with Dasher. Uh, he just, he, now that he's facing Finn later in the night, he said he's going to expose Finn Balor as a made-up Irish myth. As a myth. And uh, it's stupid how everyone wants to be in the Bullet Club. Too sweet, too sweet. Balor Club, you mean? What did I say? Bullet Club. Wow. Freudian yes. blowjob. Yeah, Freudian blowjob. Then we got the... Oh, I forgot. <laughs> you and I have watched this twice as well. <laughs> then we got the addendum? 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 Addendum. Addendum of the, of the Natalia Naya match. And Natalia is has got a, an ice pack on her knee backstage. And she's like just going... It, she's in the place of the building where people go to go, Oh, I'm hurt. It wasn't a trainer's room. I've got an owie. Yeah. And Ronda's there just being like, oh, man, that's really bad. And just not acting very well. Then Nia Jax walks in, presumably trying to trump Ronda at not acting very well, and says, I'm so sorry, Ron, uh, Natalia. Can you compete in Money in the Bank? Yeah. Which is on the WWE Network on on June 19th. 17th. 17th. And, uh, that's why I'm not a WWE guy. And Natalia's like... Oh, I'm so hurt. Oh, are you two still my friends? <laughs> and Nia Jax goes, I'm your friend. And Ronda goes, no, I'm your friend. I was say, the wording where she was like, <laughs> Ronda goes, haven't you already done enough? I was like, what, half a match like she was asked to do? Yeah, like, and, and Nia <laughs> says, I'm sorry it was an accident. So, no, stop it, because you, this is the point of a match. You've got to beat each other. No, you've got to take care of each other. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. And then, so, okay, so Ronda says, like, haven't you done enough already? And Natty's in the middle being like, Ronda, don't, like, let's not, you know, we don't need to do this now. And then Naya says, which I think is probably the worst line of the whole scene, was like, hey, I'm just as much of a friend to her as you are. And then Natty's like, no, no, it's like, Naya, like, don't get involved. And then Rhonda says something, it's like, no, no, Rhonda. And then eventually Natty's like, you, you guys, just stop it. I need to be alone for a little while. And it was, I, it's, oh, 
Like, had, why is this such a big thing? We had El Fakador here earlier, yeah. you know, a, a new signee to the, the channel, and he was saying that one of the big issues with WWE and women sometimes is that they always just, them all their feuds are based around them being friends. Like, that's all they can be. It's just like, they're all, like, there's, there's such a small group of you, you're clearly all friends. It's not a title that they're warring over. It's a very scripted reality total divas way of approaching storylines yeah uh but did, i just want to correct you on natalia's response to naya's please do yeah what, what did you say like i'm i'm more friends i'm she, more, i'm more of a i'm just as much of a friend as you are yeah and, and natalia goes like under her breath well everyone knows that <laughs> <laughs> oh like like go back like if you think if you think Naya and Ronda are bad I please go and watch this segment again on on WWE's YouTube channel and really pay attention to, to Natalia just same background noise oh, it's so she might great. as well be saying background dialogue background dialogue <laughs> I'm just saying the same things you are but lower oh my god that's uh, but so any funny. yet she walks off and then Ronda and Naya just stand there looking into the distance so after that we got the tag team stuff that we've already covered and after that, we got the latest instalment in what some are hailing, in what Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer is already claiming to be the worst feud of the year. I mean, can you think of a feud that's been worse than it thus well, far? everyone goes for Sasha Banks Bailey. That is the pinnacle. Is that a feud, though? It's a thing. Well, that's, that's the argument to why it's such a bad feud, because it is so tepid. It's not even a feud. Yeah. Uh, but the this one is you know is actively bad every week. Yes, like the 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 Banks Bailey feud, the Banks Bailey thing doesn't make any sense. It's here, it's there, it's all over the show. We'll come on to that in a little bit, actually. Funnily enough, but it hasn't really been a feud. They've just been doing stuff. Mm. They've just been doing stuff, and they've been doing stuff out of order. This, on the other hand, has been genuinely quite bad. I haven't seen the sisters segment. But I've heard, and I, I, do you know what? You'll I, love it. I have, in an ironic way. In the way you like terrible movies. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. But I'll, be, I'll be the judge of that, because there's, there's certain criteria that you okay. want to get to in order to be, quote-unquote, a bad movie, which I don't think is a, a general term anyway. But I, it's, uh, I'd be interested to, to see. I don't really want to see it, though. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that it was it was quite transphobic as well, but you know I think that that's sort of uh, by the by that's that's. Uh, I think that's people getting offended. A man can dress up in a dress for a laugh. Yes, I, was, I think that's what I was saying. Tell that to my yeah. pantomime. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, so I haven't seen that. So I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen the apology that came the week after it either. But this was the latest installment, which is that Bobby Lashley is going to confront Sami Zayn in the ring. So Bobby comes out. To utter silence. Absolutely no one cares about Bobby Lashley at this point, because why would you? And um, he, uh, he's, he calls out Sammy, and then Sammy shows up through the crowd. And we know that Sammy's a heel. We know that Sammy's a heel because he eats tofu steaks. And that clearly makes him a heel. It's the same in Impact Wrestling. It does. Austin Aries is clearly a heel. He's a vegan. Yeah, and Zack Sabre Jr. is in a, he Japan. Is a heel. No one likes him because he's a vegan and he likes dogs. Steaks and weights. That's, <laughs> that's what we like. That's what wrestling Not tofu is. steaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sammy then cuts... I, I, I really like Sami Zayn. And I love the way that Sami Zayn delivers promos. And... That's the thing that I think... I mean, obviously, I've missed the last two weeks of it, probably thankfully. But it's the bit that I'm like, this is kind of keeping me going on this. 
because I like the way that Sammy cuts his promos. I do agree. He is the saving grace of all of this. Yeah. He's so good. Like he, the material he is being given is terrible, but Sammy Zayn's delivery of it is so good that it's just below average. Mm. Like this, he's he's making. Sami Zayn's doing everything he can, and it's still just below average. <laughs> yeah. But I like the way he was in the crowd. He never really got towards Bobby. He was always moving and kind of moving further away. He was going up the rafters for the last bit when he said his most cutting line. But yeah, so they seem to have dropped the Lashley's sisters stuff. And Sammy is saying that he's been stalking or like investigating Lashley on Instagram. On the grams, as you said. And these are the things I've found. Uh inspirational quotes that he often puts up and he shows some Bobby Lashley inspirational quotes I'm like this is meant to make me root for Bobby Lashley I hate people who post inspirational quotes that's you know who posts inspirational (laughs) quotes people who never do anything with their lives that's not technically true do you know who you also hate people who post up uh random sentences that's got a picture of a minion on it yes there's that as well (laughs) that is awesome if a minion is saying a freaking inspirational <laughs> quote. So. Just be you. With a picture of a minion. Mm, so they, I, that bit I don't get. Like how WWE thought. Oh, yeah, people love inspirational stuff. They do. Right? But that, again, it's like. If you tried this stuff in the Attitude Era. Maybe it's because we're watching a few Attitude Era pay-per-views recently. Like that's not the stuff that people root for back then. Or I would argue for today either also, people like badasses he's walking armageddon like why is he why are we sending it like and he loves inspirational quotes open goal <laughs> open goal and then there's a bit where sammy Z- sammy says uh so i replied to one of these inspirational quotes and you know what i got in reply from bobby lashley this was the big reveal by the way of the whole segment in reply from that i just got a copy and pasted link to bobby lashley's vip fan club where if i paid pet 20 dollars i would get a free hat a no free a headband. free headband yes and it's like well that's not really a funny payoff it's very contrived but then at least have Bobby Lashley, because they had a graphic and everything that was a bit stupidly done, at least have Bobby Lashley say, you're talking out your ass, mate, or something to that effect, because Bobby Lashley did not deny this. And I was like, so he does have a, so he well, does he, have a fan club that he, he charges the, the for? The problem was Bobby was waiting for the line he was meant to react to. Yeah. Because he's not allowed to react to anything up until then. And yeah, Bobby was just all smiles throughout all of this. So why should we care? But, and this, apart from Sammy's performance, this actually did get cool. And it's when Sammy said, I, you know, I don't even know if you did this. I don't know if you did that. I don't even know if you served in the army. And the crowd just went, oh, and Bobby's face just went mean out of nowhere. Meaner than the meanest of Rondas. He finally found, like, Sammy's finally found what makes Bobby tick. Yeah, but this happened the previous week. Oh, did it? Yeah, like, Sammy Zayn is, is shaking Bobby's hand, and Bobby, like, goes mean face and then crushes it and then smiles again. Same thing happened here. We got mean face, then he's back to smiles. I would prefer Bobby to just go mean forever. And think, never smile ever again. Do you think that he's looking at Finn Balor and being like, that's a man who smiles a lot. And then he looks at his Twitter name and he's like, and he's got over written in his name, 
that's the secret to it. That's why he's over. He smiles all the time. Yeah, I think that's definitely what's happened. I like how Michael Cole, at the end of all this, just just to clarify, by the way, Bobby Lashley did serve in the army. He did, just so we all know. He did. Uh, but th- this after that bit, and Sammy's up in the rafters saying that, and it was mean, it just kind of fizzled out. It just stopped. I've, yeah. I've written, I was like, and then the segment ended. Mm. And that was it. It just like it was like I don't know if you're in the army. Whoa! And then Bobby's music played, mm. and the segment was over. Then we got uh, a Jinder Mahal interview with Dasha backstage, and he calls Roman Reigns a jealous and bitter man, and that the winds are changing and a storm is coming. And he looked really happy with himself on that. That to me sounds like something's. I did not take in anything that he said. I, t- I took in that he said, called him a bit of man, and then I just sort of tuned out a little bit. Well, it was just a, such a peculiar turn of phrase that Jinder doesn't usually say stuff like that. And he looks so happy with himself afterwards. That's the sort of verbiage you use to foreshadow a big event or a new faction or wrestler debuting. What if it's the other Singh brothers coming back? Samir Singh, that's it. So he's going to take out Sunil Singh at Money in the Bank, not realising that the winds have changed. Do you hear that? Do you hear the winds have changed? That it's going to be Samir, and he's going to come out, and he's going to uh, distract him instead, and that's how Jinder's going to win at Money in the Bank. I think that'll be a disappointing reveal to the winds are changing. Well, that's only if that's if this line actually was setting yeah. up something. It could have just been filler. Just words that WWE's monkeys have just typed away and come up with words. It was the bluest of times. Uh, and the, but this actually changed into something quite refreshing, which was where it cut to Roman in a different part of the arena, but not actually that far away. <laughs> They're just around the corner. I did write my notes. So like, Roman is like, he's kind of promo. Well, actually, they said, like, oh, we're going to cut to Renee now, who's interviewing Roman Reigns. And Roman starts kind of promo, and he kind of, like, talks to Jinder, like, down the lens of the camera, talking, and then Jinder responds by talking down the lens of the camera. And I did think, how can they hear each other? But then... Could when, have ear, Pete. And pieces. then when they, they were literally just around the corner, I was like, oh, they probably just heard each other just shouting. Yeah, so... Reigns that and it's intercutting between these two down the lens promos, which I'm a big fan of. I, I much prefer it when wrestlers talk to the camera rather than sort of off into the middle distance, like they did for so long in the late noughties to early teens. And Roman has enough. He says, "Actually, I'm just going to come and beat you up." And he literally walks around the corner, and Jinder's standing there. Here's my cue. <laughs> Throws a Sing brother at him. Yep. And then they have a little scuffle. And then they're broken up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Okay, well, let's dive into this one. Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks and Ember Moon took on the Riot Squad. It's a six-woman tag. It certainly is. I get excited about six-man tags. Yeah. Because six-man tags in WWE are some of the best things you'll get. Uh, Not all the time, but largely those are going to be good TV matches because everyone can do their stuff. Uh, you weren't here last week, but it was the New Day and the Miz and Bar oh, six-man tag. Great. Was really good. One of the best. But it was a better match than the Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Big Cass wow. match for my money. Um, <clears throat> really fun. Um, why do I groan when I see a six-woman tag? It's not the misogynist in me. Maybe no, you always know it's going to be against the Riot Squad. Mm. I. You know what? When I wrote my notes, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon versus Absolution, and I, I just kept, I, I kept on writing, and I was like, "Wait a, a second. second, 
that wasn't absolution. So uh, Alexa Bliss was on the babyface side. I didn't know why. And then I found out it's because she was in Money in the Bank, which is now the second time I'd forgotten that because mm. I forgot about it. We saw her qualify for Money in the Bank when she beats Bailey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. On Raw a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as that show finished, I'd forgotten that had happened. And I've forgotten about it again now. So Alexa Bliss is on there because those three are in um, the, the Money in the Bank match along with Tani. They're representing Raw in the Women's Money in the Bank match. That's why they're on a team together. Yeah. Uh, but she kind of loose. Like, loose. She got tagged in, but then hurt her hamstring. And so she tagged out and then exited the ring and was like, no, I've got to go now. My planet needs me. And she left. Making it a, a two on three handicap match. So there's two things I would have added to make this so much better. If I can be so humble to to say my input would change Please things do. like that, I'm gonna. I don't think you're gonna say one of them, so I'm gonna add in a third afterwards. Ooh. So first off would be, why aren't the commentators pointing out that this is obviously a ruse? So you had Corey Graves because he's the heel cut commentator going, "Oh, poor Alexa, she's she's hurt her hands. You you take the night off, girl. You know, and all that stuff." And then you've got Michael Cole going, "Hmm, yeah, looks like." Alexa Bliss has hurt her hamstring there. Don't don't really know what's happening. You need the bit like a, a JR. If that was JR, JR would be going like, yeah, sure. She's really hurt. Yeah, I really hope she, she can go backstage, d- d- prepare for something else. And Maybe that's what they were hoping David Otunga was going to fill. Mm. They would be wrong. And the second thing I would have added is Alexa Bliss should have got this injury by running over someone and bouncing off the ropes like Natalia did earlier in the night and mimicking the exact same tweaked knee spot. And then, like, then the commentators go, oh, come on, she's just... And then you can, like, she's kind of making fun of Ronda. She's making fun of Natalia. She's making fun of Nia Jax. And she's pissing everyone else off here so she can get out of this match. Yeah. Why? Just, it will make it so much better. And it's so simple. I completely agree with you on every on both your points. Because otherwise, you've just replicated a a leg injury uh, from from the same from earlier in the night. So it just looks like sloppy storytelling rather than storytelling that informs other bits of the story. Yes. Do you want to hear my third? Uh, yes, I'm curious. Uh, more pop up headbutts from Sarah Logan because I'm I really like them and I really like her actually. I think okay. she she she. Uh, we said last time we were together. She's comfortably the second best thing in the Riot Squad, but she's almost getting out to be my favourite thing in the Riot oh, Squad. No, Ruby's great. She's Ru- unsung. Ruby is great, and yeah, and she is absolutely. But yeah, man, I really like Sarah Logan. Uh, so Bailey eventually runs down. Sasha Banks needs the hot tag. Ember Moon's been taken out, and Bailey runs down and tags herself in and the <laughs> and wins the match the referee <laughs> counts the pin and Corey is just screaming why <laughs> why is the referee counting the pin has a brilliant line accusing the referee of being on Amberlin which is the uh, the Roseanne Barr defense absolutely for, yeah uh, other other news things mm. and uh and yeah the didn't really make much sense. No, I mean, and also as well, like I, so Banks actually finally she she overcame the odds. Like she was being beaten down three on one. She finally fought off all three of them, and that's when Bailey decided to come down. And I was like, why have you waited until now to do this when your mm. supposed I don't know your best friend, your frenemy, whatever you want to call her at this point, was being beaten up three on one? Where were you then? Like you come down now, she's fine. She's all right now. 
so that was my first thing why and then when she tagged in i'd forgotten all about that and i was like why is she tagged in why is this legal why is the referee allowing this why is she won how is this all happening yeah I was like, this makes literally no sense. And you're right, Corey Graves is going nuts. And then Michael Carr's like, well, I guess the referee allowed it. I guess it's all fine and dandy. I'm like, this is not how it works, Michael Cole. You've been doing this for nearly two decades. You should know by now. And then, but then we cut backstage after this match. Baron Corbin, who is meant to be a heel. He's meant to be a heel. We're not meant to like the constable role. We're not meant to agree with Stephanie McMahon's eyes and ears. We're meant to think that he's a big old meanie that's ruining all the baby faces fun. He says, that was stupid. It doesn't make sense. That's not allowed. You better go tell them that win doesn't count. And I was like, yep, you're 100% right on every single thing you just said there, Baron Corbin. I'm now on your side. I like, again, just little tweaks that would have made this better. Kurt Angle should have been what well, I sent her out because I have the authority to do that. That uh, they would, they it was, it wasn't meant to be a handicap match. I just did a late addition of Bailey to replace Alexa Bliss, and and then Baron could have said, "Well, that's not. I don't think Stephanie would see things that way. Overturn the result and do it in person." Yeah, but they didn't do that. They just made it more logically not making sense. No, it was it was not very good. And then, so but then- I did. Corbin was great. Corbin was great. And then the three girls are walking backstage and they're all like high-fiving each Mm. other, being like, God, aren't we just friends? Aren't we just the best of friends? And she was like, that was... um, She was like, that was great. And um, Ember says, man, we really won that match because of Bailey. She really saved us the end there. Also, that's the other side of the thing. Bailey, the completely fresh girl who came down and running one thing, beating up three heels that have already had a match, doesn't exactly make... You know, anyway, but she just says like we really needed Bailey there. Thank God. And then it, uh, Sasha was like, you know what? We really did. I wish you were in Money in the Bank. But I was like, no, it's okay. It's all right. I don't need your sympathy. And then Ember was like, I think you two need to hug it out. And they were about to hug it out because the best friends, I guess. When Kurt Angle walks up, <laughs> I liked this. So they walk up, and Angle says, "Congratulations on the match." And they all say, "Thank you." And he said don't thank me just yet and I was like too late mate they've already thanked yeah. you <laughs> it's like don't thank me just yet those trucks are worth 15 million dollars <laughs> he tells them that the right squad won via DQ and Banks did not look happy about that because that was such an important result for them really needed- not not being saved from being physically beaten up it was the res- it was really the wins and losses that mattered what is there man they her. get to go to the pay window now uh I yeah I did not like this at all. Uh I I would have been so happy. Like there was a bit, a glimmer of hope in here where I thought Bailey and Banks were gonna hug it out. Not because I'm invested in their characters or I care about their relationship. Just because I thought it would be over. This nonsense feud that has no progression. It's not a feud. This thing <laughs> could just stop and then when they finally pull the trigger on a Sasha Banks heel turn, even if it was 2 weeks from now, I'd have been like, okay, okay, that's fine now. Do you remember when there were people who thought this should have been on WrestleMania? The main event was Finn Balor, or do you want to talk more? Before that, we also saw Corbin backstage chewing out the referee Mm. as well for allowing this sort of nonsense to to go down, which again, 
you were completely right to do that, Baron Corbin. We're with you, Corbs. We're with you. We're on your side. We're on Constable Corbin's side. Uh, and then Big Show did a segment for, for the Special Olympics, which was very nice. On the ramp. On the ramp. It was like. Uh, so do you want to hear my problem with this? <laughs> of course. Same when you had with, with the Black History Month videos and Women's Month videos and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's different. It's a different thing. Okay. It's, just a, it's just a little suggestion to make it better. Yeah. So... Uh, Big, Ch- Big Show, show all of them. Big Show is out there with the US Special Olympics team. Really genuinely heartwarming segment. Uh, and WWE sometimes they do these things and it feels force fed. This was just lovely. This was a this was a good. And maybe we should do maybe we should do a raw review, goods and bads. <laughs> well, like, almost like downs and ups. It's something like that. Just yeah. positives and negatives. <laughs> yeah. Goods and bads. That was a good. That was a good. That was a good segment. Yeah. And uh, then Finn Balor comes out, and they all kind of part, and he gives them the two sweets. It's really, really nice. And Michael Cole's like, Balor clubs for all. Yeah. yeah but not, well, in, Saudi not Arabia. in Saudi Arabia. Right. So Balor comes out to the ring. Kevin Owens makes his his uh, his mm. entrance. I'm not saying powerbomb one of the guys. <laughs> like like Machine Gun Kelly to take them off. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kevin Owens could get, like, someone, one of the, the chaps goes to high-five Kevin Owens, and Owens just, like, does a <laughs> a sort of intimidation head head thing to them. Yeah. And they, they get scared, and Big Show's like, what the hell, man? And Owens is like, fobs him off and walks off. I just thought that would have been I would, I some, was, some good heel heat. Kev, I'd think it would been better. I don't, I don't want to say that I'm doing things better than you are, because that's obviously not the case. But as, uh, as another a suggestion... Kevin Owens is the first person to offer up the high five, oh, and the kid good. goes to do it, and he's like, "No," and that then, and then really walks good. away. Yeah, uh, but th- th- to make that work, Owens has to come out first, and then Balor comes out second, and he yeah. is the two oh, sweet. And cool. then the crowd are going to be so much oh, more. That would have been so the- much better. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, so for their first ever <clears throat> meeting ever in any company ever in the history of wrestling, Cole, the first thing Cole says is they've had a match in NXT. <laughs> for that. I was, uh, and like I saw that there was about 20, 25 minutes left of the broadcast feed I was watching. I was like, hey, I'm going to sell a limb for this. A bit of Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. That's Hasht- really exciting to Hashtag me. Hashtag yes, please. It wasn't. It was fine. It was, yeah. I guess, I guess that's it, isn't it? It was fine. Um, but this was a main event of Raw with these two guys. I I don't think I'm at fault for having high expectations for that, considering what Seth Rollins and Finn Balor have been doing for the last few months. And it was just a uh, it was a it was a, a sort of tediously laid out match yeah. where Owens just kind of ground down Balor forever. It felt like, and Balor would get the occasional flurry. And what a crappy finish! Yeah, I mean, I was like, they've, I've written here they were having a good match, and then Owens got DQ'd for kicking too much ass, which is one of my least favorite. Um, finishes in the world whereas like the guy is winning too much mm. and the referee has to disqualify him yeah so in the corner he's just owens keeps stomping and the referee does the count tries to stop and like no nah, it's yeah it, it was it was a real weak finish but to it was that match. all about the post-match though because you I, could still have the post-match with a good match and a proper finish I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong sorry sorry carry on um owens hit a frog splash and then he went out and he grabbed he grabbed a ladder and then he sets the ladder up with the intention of climbing up and grabbing the briefcase to show that he is going to win Money in the Bank in two weeks. But instead, he two weeks. But instead, he changes his mind. He goes to he goes to tease a frog splash off the ladder, and everyone's like, "Oh!" oh. 
but then he gets scared and he's like no i can't quite do it it's like me essentially because i'm terrified of heights so he climbs down a couple of rungs and he goes through again he's like no i'm, I'm too scared again no, i'm too scared and then Balor gets up and he pulls owens off and he uh, hits the his running drop kick and then he goes up and, and does a coup de gras off the top of the ladder like it's a goddamn video game and uh owen sells it like he'd just been stomped on his chest which is you know what has happened in well here. the arm yeah absolutely stomped on the arm yeah well it's kayfabe, I know, kayfabe. I know. and then he climbs up the ladder and he grabs the briefcase to solidify that he is not winning money in the bank in two weeks time <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what i thought oh, that's a cool visual yeah he's not winning he's not winning now yeah so this was this was fine i d- a lot of people were kind of well a few people were a bit against the Owens feigning uh, fear, mm. well, not wanting to jump off the ladder, but I, I thought it was okay. It was a nice way to build to the coup de gras being hit. Just like we were talking about with the, the handshake for the Special Olympics team, you you take away something that the audience wants, yes. which would be Owens hitting a top rope, a top ladder thing, and then you give it to them with the baby face. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I didn't mind it at all. I gave it two out of five. I gave it a poor. I was as on my way here. I was going to be very interested to hear what you'd given this week's raw, and I'm I kind of agree with you. Mm. Like, you said to me when I came into the studio today, like you know, have you missed watching Raw? And I was like, I, I mean, I doesn't feel like I've really missed anything in the last two weeks, and I could have missed this one as well, and probably been still up to date going into to next week's show. It, it's unbelievable how boring the show was, really. Yeah, it's it's weird because. The last two weeks, the last three weeks, I've given Raw poor, and that was stuff with the Bobby Lashley sisters segment on. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've given it a bore, but so that's two out of five compared to one out of five. But those other episodes have had at least about an hour of actually very good stuff on. There's like some really good matches, some good brawn spots, uh, some great Seth Rollins stuff. But this week there was just nothing that stood out. Even the Seth Rollins stuff was lost in three hours of tedium yeah and wwe really needs to do better to 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 justify anyone watching their product and not like writing their novel learning mandarin exactly which are our two suggestions of what to do with your spare four hours nothing else really it's either wrestling writing a book or mandarin Mandarin. yeah that's what john cena went for he went for the mandarin So one of the other things I imagined we did. This has got to top the love story one. Oh, wait. How did I know? I, I, I didn't want to bring that up. I didn't want to break kayfabe at that point. Huh. I imagine I posted up afterwards. I, I, I doctored the images. Yeah, you, you really, to, to cope with the traumatic yeah. kidnapping thing, yes. you'd, you'd actually, yeah, 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 cool. yeah. Something like that. Anyway, uh, we did go on a kayak trip. Uh, and my wife and I didn't have the greatest experience kayaking when we tried it last summer. But this time we what were. What happened? Well, my wife spent most of the time spinning um, because she couldn't get her thing to just not stop spinning. Like it would go forward a little bit and then it would just start naturally spinning. She would just hold up her oar and it would just spin and eventually right itself and then she'd carry on going. It's because she's got like that weird large leg, isn't it? And then she's got one tiny leg. <laughs> one tiny leg. Yeah, it's like the weight distribution because yeah, of her weird her legs. <laughs> And then, so but this time we were in like a couple's thing and it was really nice and we went around these caves and stuff and like, you know, we had a, a tour guide. I'll speak about the tour guide in a little bit. But we got, it was a sunset tour. 
so we were like out in the adriatic sea kind of like just pedaling around and then we got to watch the sunset go over what i think is a game of thrones thing and it was really really nice and we got a video of it and we were rocking about a little bit and the first thing my wife said to me was just like ollie would not be able to do this because you would have just been so seasick i get seasick watching blue planet <laughs> what play Mario Kart on, yeah. the, on the Super yeah, Nintendo? Yeah, I would not would not have coped well with that. No, especially when like a speedboat goes past you and that creates a oh, lot of the waves. Wakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we did kayaking last year in Cornwall, and I was okay for twenty minutes because I was concentrating, looking mm. at where we were going. So like, I, I get quite carsick as well, unless I'm driving. Yes, right. Which I'm totally fine with. Uh, and yeah, I lasted twenty minutes, and we were quite far out, and then all of the sickness came oh. at once. It was like, oh, we're twenty minutes out. <laughs> we've got a, we've got to paddle back twenty minutes. Yeah, that was really lovely. But our tour guide, okay, so I, I checked it out on like TripAdvisor, and they were like, if you get this tour guide, he's really great. If you get this tour guide, like talking about these different guys, like they've got really awesome personal stories. We didn't get any of those tour guides. <laughs> we got this other guy, and he was like, oh, he was all cool. He was like, you know, so chilled out, so relaxed, man. You know, this is what I do for a living. You know, I, I'm a kayak guy. In beautiful Dubrovnik. Exactly, yeah, you know, and he's, he's from all over the world. That's what he was like, because people asked him, like, oh, where are you from? Because we're in like a group of like, I think there's like eight of us. And people were like, oh, so where are you from? And he was like, oh, where am I not from? You know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. A dickhead. <laughs> well, okay, so we got to this um, like cave area. And like you stopped and you had some sandwiches and you could go and do a bit of snorkeling if you fancied it. Well, there wasn't a lot to see, but you could go do some snorkeling. You could just sit around on this beach. It's not really a beach. It's a load of pebbles inside a cave. Doesn't matter. That's all fine. I, um, I happened to get chatting to him because he had a tattoo and I have tattoos. And I have a video game tattoo, as does he. He has a World of Warcraft thing on the back of his, like on the like, top underneath his neck. The, the movie version, yeah? No, unfortunately not. The Duncan no. Jones movie <laughs> adaptation. No, the video game. Ah. Uh, which, you know... Big uh, fan. Which is great because I got on the story about how a girlfriend, uh, a girlfriend at university dumped me because of World of Warcraft and all this sort of stuff. You know, I've got to tell all these kind of stories. Was that because you were playing it too much or, no, or she was playing she it? She didn't have enough time in her day to um, for, for school, family, World of Warcraft and me. So she sure. had to get rid of one of them. And I was the one she got rid of. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so um, uh, we we were just kind of sort of like chatting away. And um, he's talking about he likes to fight. That's what he was telling me about. He's a fighter. Wouldn't specify what kind of fighting. It was just he's a fighter. And um, he was telling me about uh, how recently, like only two weeks ago, he'd had his nose completely broken because a guy was like accidentally elbowed him during like a fighting technique and his nose was completely exploded and he had to like refix it himself. And he's like, but everyone else freaking out. You'd think they broke their nose. Yeah. I was like, guys, it's fine. You know, I just took my fingers and I just I cracked it back uh. in the face. I, went to, <laughs> I, I had to go to the doctor a couple of days later and he said, it's like you never broke it. You know, it, it, okay, so he's that kind of guy. Yeah, right? yeah, I've got him. Okay, but this, <laughs> so I, he would say, goes, do you know anyone that's on this tour? And I'm like, I mean, all you've got to do is look about who's in the kayaks. I'm with my wife, clearly. And, and I, I said, oh, I'm, I'm just, just my, uh, my wife. That's the only people I really know on this tour. And um, he pointed at someone else. 
And it's like, oh, that, that woman there, she just swam into this cave. Like, you have to, like, swim under the ocean to, like, get into this small little cave area where you can only just get your head up. Oh, Christ. And it was like, it was like when you get in there, you have to knock to let me know that you're safe. Otherwise, I have to come down and, like, save you and stuff. But, like, this girl was, like, brave enough and, and she did it. I was like, I'm fine, mate. I don't need Ooh, to, I don't need to do see it. I do not like the sound of that. Nope, absolutely not. I'm fine where I am on the pebbles. I'm all right here. So he pointed at her and said, oh, she just swam into the cave. And I was like, no, 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 not her. The, the, the one that's about a foot shorter than her that's, that's standing next to her. And he was like, oh, that girl, so brave, so courageous, great breasts. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, what? <laughs> you know, and he's like, and you do a double take. You're like, did I just, did I, you did say that? And then he was like, my job, man. Like, you know, I just, I see the women, I kayak, you know, and then this is it. This is my life. This is what I do. He misjudged the audience. <laughs> As if, like, expected me to be like, oh, you know, I work behind a desk in IT. And I'm like, I, I mean, I didn't, you didn't even ask what I did, but I think he just instantly assumed that that's what anyone who goes on, on like, sort of kayaking tours, that's, they're tied to their desk. Not this guy. Man, he's so laid back. So, like, and he was, like, bragging because he could stand on the pebbles and no one else could. That kind of guy. But um, the, the tour itself was, was very nice. Do you know what one of the highlights of the whole trip, though, was? That girl's breasts. <laughs> a, a bird pooped in my wife's mouth. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic! In the mouth! So we were at, Was we were, she yawning? <laughs> we were having drinks at this bar. We found, like, a craft ale place. It was amazing. So we were having these, like, craft ales. And then all of a sudden, we were just sat there, and I, you just heard it, like, splat, and it hit the table, no. and it just bounced the ricochet the ricochet bounced up landed right in her mouth the future nxt champion <laughs> ricochet pooped in your wife's right mouth right in her mouth oh <laughs> i don't know what it tastes like she, she was too freaked out she was like a bird pooped in my mouth a bird pooped in my mouth oh it was it was pretty disgusting um do you know what else i've discovered while in uh, dubrovnik i like gin uh okay What's wrong with gin? No, it's fine. It's just it's. I mean, it's it's the UK's most beloved spirit. I love it. Um, I I do not like it. <laughs> I, it's too it's too herby for me. It just tastes like someone's put some grass in some vodka and then taken the grass out after a few days. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the taste. That's fair. Um, I'm I'm I really like all the other alcohols. But, a lot more, but so not. I go. I go for those. But not a G and T. Not a G and T. No. Although I did drink uh, four cans of G and T on Saturday. Nice. Uh, because I was absolutely smashed. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen the video. So one of the first things Ollie Swafnage, One of the first things uh, Ollie showed me when I was rescued and freed and allowed back into the studio was uh, a video of Ollie Davis and some of his um, his schoolyard chums. The, uh, <laughs> the the people that get bullied by the bigger kids when they shout out of taxis. Um, singing. Oh, when you tell the story, what were you singing? Steps. No, no, no. Sorry, S Club Seven. Jump. That was no, Reach that... for the Stars. You were singing. Part of that. Reach. Oh yeah, Reach for the. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's just called Reach, isn't it? Yes. I don't know why. I d- Jump had is another, by Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, another action in my head. Another <laughs> physical action. Jump. Sway. Yeah. Uh, that, that was part of a larger set on the back of that bus. We'd been at the races all day. Got them rather tanked. Mm. Lost all our money. <laughs> so I... Wait, there was a point where I needed to win to get the bus. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, the no. bus was cash only. <laughs> <laughs> I won. It was brilliant. 
which only fueled the alcohol alcohol yeah. drinking. He's like, Way! Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm full of life again. Uh, because I mean, we had a terrible day, <laughs> terrible like betting wise, and uh, it was at the Derby, the Epsom Derby, and the Queen was there. Oh yeah, said hi to the Quen. Yeah, and um, yeah, it it was. We, we just we, we had all these bottles of prosecco that we brought with us. Too many for the headcount. Classy. And uh, we we could we usually we pop them when we win, but it got to the point where we've we've only got three races left and five bottles of prosecco. <sighs> and how many of you are in the group? Uh, nine. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, we just yeah. had, but we had all the cider and G and T's on top of that. So we just had to start popping proseccos and carvers. Someone brought a carver. It was disgusting. <laughs> uh, very fizzy. <laughs> Too but fizzy yes. for you. You can't burp. But I won. I won. Uh, I won fifty quid, uh, which was enough to get me on the bus. Nice. I should hope so. So this video that you showed me, I've been thinking about this since you showed me it. Mm-hmm. There were other people that were on that bus that were not part of your group. It was. A, it was a packed bus. We were right at the back because we're cool kids, and the rest of it was made up of sort of forty to sixty-year-old adults. And you are there, men in your thirties, yeah, growing up. A lot of you have mortgages. Um, One of them's going to have a kid. That's <laughs> what he announced. Really? Oh, yeah, congratulations! Yeah. Exciting. Um, but you're all just singing there very loudly, disturbing everyone else who's probably had quite a nice day. Because they probably haven't gone to the races and got absolutely tanked on five cans of G&T and three bottles of, of Carva and, and Prosecco. Mm. They've probably just gone down there, had a nice little day out. The, the, the wife maybe has bought a nice new dress that she wanted to really show off to people. And they're just like, you know, I think it's time that we, we went home now. We're going to have a nice little quiet evening in. But that's not what they got, was it? That's not how the bus works. <laughs> if you're that sort of person, you don't get the bus. <laughs> the bus is meant... For, for adults who were drunk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot. It was because I, I do agree. I don't like it when that ha- that happened the previous year. And I had to I had to shout at one of my mates to, to stop. And there was a bit of it this year on the train when someone was essentially scaring a dog by singing too loud. I could almost see you in that video being like, we're, being, we're too loud. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm the part one of the group who says we're ruining it for other people. Stop <laughs> it. But this was a beautiful moment where everyone was just on board. And because uh, it wasn't just that, we sung Angels, we sung Never Forget by Take That. A bit of Brian Adams was in there. And it was to the point where when the bus stopped, people who were walking in the town outside the bus would stop and sing along with the bus. Very and nice. most of the bus was singing along. People who weren't in our group were shout. 50-year-old women were shouting at the bus driver, one more lap, one more lap. No, they, they were They were, no, they were. It was great. <laughs> they were shouting, it was, shut the F up. It was a genuinely, everyone was on the same level for once. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there were like three or four people who weren't, but they were the minority. I can almost picture it now. If I didn't know you and I was on that bus with my wife, we would have had two very different reactions. You wouldn't be on the bus, Luke. That's why you were... <laughs> well, no, we'd it's the very, party bus. We'd have had very two, rea- the two different bus. reactions. I probably would have wanted to join in in the same way that I, while, and I imagine, while I was on a sunbed, a sun lounger, reading my book about um, how Star Wars conquered the universe, my wife had gone and swam in the sea, which I don't really like doing. I don't really like the sea. Um, 
she got back in and found me chatting to other people on uh, the Sunlanders that were next to us and a nice little chat with them. They're from Warrington. So we talked about that for a little bit, then talked about Star Wars. They'd been to see Solo the previous night. I still haven't seen it. I might go and see it on Friday. So we were sort of chatting about that. My wife hates that. Hates conversing with other people around a poolside area. She's like, I just want it to be us. Like, why would I need to talk to other... I don't need to make friends. She was like... She was like, I had a real worry that they might ask us out. Like, ask if oh, we wanted, that would uh, be the worst. Ask if we wanted to go to dinner. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I nearly did. And oh, said, like, Oh, we're going to this place. Do you want to come with us? Oh. They were nice people. We had a nice time. I'm with your wife there. I don't like other people. <laughs> I've made enough friends. Yeah. And we've got the SWAF Nation. We have got the SWAF Nation. Uh, so that's, uh, we're Which... going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Also, uh, thank you to everyone who came up to me at uh, the UK Games Expo, which uh, I also imagined that I went to um, to say hello and wish that I would, you know, a safe return out of the uh, the cupboard and hope that I got found um, where I was in the top 24 players of Star Realms in the UK. I'll talk if, about that tomorrow. If you weren't in the cupboard. If I wasn't uh, in the cupboard. And just as a tease, Luke doesn't know what this is. Potentially a big announcement on Saturday's Wrestle what? Ramble regarding the crap gimmicks. What? No. Oh, oh, no, what do you know about this? Oh, do you? Yeah, you sent it as an email chain. Oh, were you in the emails? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Are you really? I've only seen like the first couple of emails, though. I think you might have taken me out since. Oh, I didn't intend for that to happen. Oh, I thought I had a little nice surprise then. Anyway, well, it'll be a surprise for the rest of you. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. And uh, But we will see you then. Take care. Well, actually, we'll see you tomorrow, in fact, for SmackDown Live. Can it be better than Raw? It's a low bar to jump over. But until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.